1: Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about how to be happier, healthier, more productive and more creative. This week in our ongoing series about the five senses, we'll talk about why you should aim to taste it by 25 and we'll talk to our old friend, Michael Melcher, about his new book about how to network and how to make networking feel less intimidating. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and joining me today from Los Angeles is my sister Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, there's a lot that you and I did not taste before age 25.
0: That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA. And yeah, Gretch, I didn't have sushi, I don't think, till I was 28. Yeah. But now you like it, and I still don't really like it. Now I, I don't, like I still it, don't so really like there sushi. there you
1: go. But we will discuss. But first, uh, a few updates before we launch into the Tread This at Home.
0: Yeah, Kelly said, I'm an upholder, but I've done a terrible job of following through on the Get Outside 23 and 23 challenge, which I was planning to do with my two young kids. We live in northern Utah and It takes considerable motivation to bundle up and get out on the coldest days. We've also had several bouts of illness and an unexpected move. I was feeling defeated, but I decided to give myself a pass and reframe the past couple months as a time of much needed hibernation. I also decided to tweak the challenge and give myself a reset date. Get outside 23 minutes a day in 2023, starting on 323. I know we'll have to contend with the cold again at the end of the year, but I find it easier to bundle up when the cold weather still feels novel and festive, so I'm not too worried about November and December. Well, I thought this
1: was a great idea of, we often talk about how people play with the number of the year 23 every yes, year. And I thought this was a great idea because the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is now. The best time to go outside 2323 is January 1st, 2023. The second best time is now. And if you need kind of a new start date for that clean slate feeling, a lot of times people do find it more auspicious and energizing to start on something that feels appropriate I think the 23rd of a month is a great idea. Very creative.
0: Yes. So, Kelly, let us know how it goes.
1: Yeah. And speaking of Go Outside 23 and 23, this week, if you are following along on the hashtag Outside 23 and 23, tag us in a post that includes a picture of a tree. For a chance to be reposted. We're highlighting trees.
0: And Gretchen, I want to remind everyone to pre-order your book, Life in Five Senses. It's coming out in April, but pre-ordering is super important for a book, and it makes a great gift, especially for Mother's Day.
1: Yes. As we say, pre-order early and often. (laughs) It Uh really is a great way to support a book. So if you go to, just go to GretchenRubin.com and you can find out all you want to know and more about that book. But so many people have pre-ordered already and Giant Gold Star and thanks to them, it really does matter so much.
0: And it's such a good book and it's such a gorgeous cover too. Oh, well, thanks. And now for this week's Try
1: This at Home suggestion is to taste it by 25. And we say taste as in tasting flavors, but it's also true for music, your musical taste as well. So explain that question. Okay. So what I saw that kind of surprised me as I was doing the research for my book, Life in Five Senses, is it does seem that often if people have not tried something by the age of 25, if they haven't eaten a food, experienced a flavor, or listened to a genre of music by the age of 25, typically they do not enjoy it as much. They tend not to have a taste for it. So if you're under 25, it's a reason to, like, really try to broaden. Push yourself. Yeah, push yourself. And if you're over 25, it might help explain, like, why you're not as enthusiastic about something as other people. And it might just make you think, okay, well, maybe I need to push myself a little bit more. Because this is new to me. I need to get over that hurdle.
0: Yeah, you need to put yourself in a youthful mindset. Like if you're tasting something you've never had before, like a snail. Right, And I
1: think this is also a reason to try to introduce more foods and more music to your children. Because just the more they experience... I mean, listen, we were talking about sushi... I still don't eat sushi. You like sushi, even though you did try it. But then Jack has liked sushi his whole life, right?
0: Yes, but I will say I'm limited in what I like. In other words... If I had been eating it from a young age, I might eat 20 different kinds of things, yeah. whereas I have about five things that I eat. Right. Jack has a much better range of what he likes than I do, um, because I think maybe he's just more naturally curious.
1: Well, for both oh. of us, taste is our most neglected sense. If you take the neglected sense quiz at com slash quiz, you can find out what your neglected sense is. So maybe for us, it's both of those things. We didn't eat sushi growing up in Kansas City, and we don't tend yes. to push ourselves for taste. But when we know that about ourselves, we can say like, okay, I want that atmosphere of growth. So many people enjoyed this music. So many people enjoyed this food. Let me work a little bit to develop a taste for it.
0: You know, one thing I could see um, would be fun to do with one of your kids is to say, okay, here's something like, let's take oysters, Hey, I've never eaten oysters, or I feel like I don't like oysters, but let's both try mm-hmm. them. Yes. And see, you try it, I'll try it, let's see if you like it. And rather than, I think it's hard with kids to be like, try this, try that. Yeah. We all struggle with that yeah. with our children. But maybe if you're putting yourself in it, yes, even though you're over 25, you might have better luck. Right, that you're
1: saying this is new to me, or I'm not that fond of mushrooms, but I want to see if I can develop a taste, develop a taste for it. But I also think it's one of these things where maybe you don't have to be too hard on yourself, too. Because if you feel bad, but you're like, oh, everybody else likes this, what's wrong with me? Now you have some insight into why it might be that, is that there is just this pattern in how people develop tastes.
0: Well, and Gretch, how is it also related to the reminiscence bump, which is a great phrase?
1: So the reminiscence bump is fascinating. Researchers have shown that when you talk to adults— they have an outsized number of memories from the ages from about 15 to 25. Now, Elizabeth, what about you? So that's high school and college and kind of young adulthood. Don't you feel 100%. like... hundred percent. Right? Yes. More than being yes. kindergarten and more than being like 40. Absolutely. Yeah, and so I would be fascinated to hear from listeners if they also experience this reminiscence bump. And I haven't seen anything explicitly tying these things together, but it seems to me that like... Maybe that's part of it, that we're really open and having a lot of new experiences and having these sort of memorable experiences. And then that bump starts to close. And so then things maybe get more set. And then maybe that's why new things, you know, like think of the music from high school and college. Typically, people have extremely vivid memories of that music. So that's what they love. That's what they listen to. That's what they're drawn to. And then the the reminiscence bump is over you're maybe not exploring, exposing yourself in the same way. And so you don't develop that taste for the music that comes on the scene after that period.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. It's definitely gonna motivate me, especially with Jack, to try to get him to try a bunch of different stuff. Yeah. Because it it's it would be fun for him to like all those things as he gets yeah, older. Yeah, absolutely. Just makes your life richer. So let us know if you do try this at home and what you think
1: of the idea of tasting by 25 for music or flavors let us know on instagram tiktok twitter facebook drop us an email at podcast at gretchenrubin.com or as always you go to the show notes this is happiercast.com slash 424
0: for everything related to this episode coming up we have a four tendencies hack but first this break
1: LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because it gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86%
0: of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Gretchen, it's time for this week's happiness hack. Okay, well, you know I love the four tendencies. And you
1: know I love Catalyst for Reflection and like an entry on the, the calendar of Catalyst. So our listener Sarah, suggested April 10th which is coming up if you're listening to this episode when it goes live, because it's 410, for tendencies. So the <laughs> 4 tendencies day, it's a great day to step back and think, okay, maybe I made a New Year's resolution. Maybe there's something I'm working on. Maybe I'm struggling with go outside 23 and 23 or whatever it might be. Say, let me think about my tendency and am I taking advantage of my tendency and thinking about how to dial into the power and strength of my tendencies to achieve my aim. Because sometimes even when people know their tendency, they still aren't deploying that knowledge as they're going about an aim. And this is a
0: reminder to do that. Yeah, I love that. Okay. For tendency day. Yes. A national holiday. Right? Exactly.
1: Say. For example, if you're an obliger and you're trying to do something and there's no outer accountability, this is the day where you might be like, oh, what I really need to do is find some form of outer accountability here, because considering my, for, my, my tendency, that's probably what is the missing element. So that's really fun. And now for an interview with Michael Melcher. I've known Michael for many years, along with one other person we've been meeting for a very long time to talk about issues that have come up in our careers. And each year, Michael leads a very fascinating, useful, look back, look forward exercise that I always get so much out of. And it makes sense that he would be good at that kind of thing because he is an internationally known executive coach and leadership expert He has a JD MBA from Stanford, and he wrote a book called The Creative Lawyer that I recommend often to people of all professions, not just lawyers, because it's about how to find satisfaction in whatever you're doing.
0: And now Michael has a new book, Your Invisible Network, How to Create, Maintain, and Leverage the Relationships that Will Transform Your Career. And I'm going to read the description, create, maintain, and leverage professional relationships in only 20 minutes a day. Meaningful relationships are a must-have to sustain and further your career. A network built on reciprocity, depth, and trust isn't merely helpful to your career growth, it is absolutely necessary. Your skills, work ethic, education, lived experience, passions, all these will only achieve their full potential when paired with meaningful relationships. Your invisible network provides a practical, nuanced plan for building and sustaining a network. Hello, Michael. Hi,
1: Michael.
2: Hey, Liz and Gretchen. Yay,
1: we're so happy to be getting the chance to talk to you about your terrific new book.
2: Well, I'm thrilled to be here, of course.
1: So the first question I have to ask is, you're talking about networking, and everybody knows it's so important. But it is something where a lot of people just shudder at the thought of networking. They just resist the idea of networking. Mm-hmm. And the whole book is about how to make it less intimidating and make the case for it. But how do we make it more appealing and less intimidating to do the things that we need to do to network?
2: Well, first of all, 20 minutes a day or, yeah. or less. Yeah. So break it all down into small chunks, small, yeah. discrete actions taken over time, make much more of a difference in big, dramatic gestures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Two, don't fight the discomfort. Discomfort is natural because you're trying to interrupt homeostasis. You're trying to get something different from what might just come to you. And a lot of building out your relationships is connecting with what we can call your weak ties, Mm -hmm. people you're not in day-to-day exchange with. So there's going to be discomfort. Instead of examining your discomfort all the time, give yourself a gold star, which I know you love, (laughs) for doing something that was hard. Uh, It might have worked out. It might not have worked out in that particular moment, but honor the growth attempt. Those are a couple things.
1: No, I think that's really good. Is Instead of saying like, get over it and embrace it, it's like, yeah, it can feel uncomfortable to reach out to people you don't know well, and that's just part of the process. And sometimes it'll be great and sometimes not, and that's just natural.
2: Well, it's consistent with what you've said in your books, which is how to be how to change your life without changing your life. Yeah. <laughs> so how mm. to have really robust, rich, effective relationships and networks without trying to be a different person. Yes. You can stretch a yes. bit, but you're gonna you're right. gonna be you.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, and if we're looking at our invisible network what do you think are the most important kinds of relationships to foster? Like having a mentor or, you know, those weak ties you mentioned, old schoolmates, like where should we be looking?
2: Uh huh. Well, all of those are important and it's more a question of what I call your relationship portfolio. Mm. So just mm. that you're not supposed to invest in one stock – you want to have a balanced uh, set of relationships. Right. You say and there's there seven are kinds, right? Seven categories, okay. seven yeah. categories. So those are weak ties, bosses and senior stakeholders, colleagues, clients, friends, mentor sponsors, and beneficiaries. Mm. And anybody can look at this list and they'll immediately see, oh, I'm pretty good at categories you know, A and B, but maybe not in terms of E and F. So you can do a little gap analysis for yourself, figure out where do I want to emphasize a bit more. There's usually some overlooked category mm-hmm. or two. And then the idea of the relationship portfolio is you pick a a, a goal – I have a little bingo card that you can actually download if you want with 16 Mm -hmm. squares. And in a month, you allocate those 16 squares, say, to these different categories. Um, It could be one per each. The only one I think you really need to push is the weak ties and have at least four or five of those each month. But that's really how you go about. Yeah.
1: So for people who don't know about the research related to weak ties, explain what a weak tie is and why it is important not to overlook the power of weak ties.
2: This is probably the single most insightful thing from the research. So, a weak tie is somebody that you either don't know that well mm-hmm. or you once knew, but they've fallen out of contact, as F you. So, former bosses, colleagues, roommates, friends of your parents, someone you met on a plane, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Old mm-hmm. neighbors. And what the research, <laughs> neighbors, yeah. Um, <laughs> neighbors who are always giving you that good career advice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, The research shows that in many aspects of career, whether it's looking for a job or doing business development or even advancing, your weak ties can be more important than your strong ties. And that is because there are more of them. They have different information from you, yet we're still able to have a conversation. And they tend not to be as vested in a certain view of you. Mm
0: -hmm. So you have a bit more freedom Mm. to
2: explore. Um, And the other thing is that you cannot predict who is going to be most valuable to you. Mm -hmm. People you think should have amazing value, either because of their prominence or they really care about you may be kind of duds and people you never think anything will come from can be really useful. And then twinned with that is the idea that in any conversation, you can't really predict what's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. So you, you wanna have both intention and also be open to serendipity and not try to qualify everything ahead of time. Not pre-decide mm. who is going to be valuable and which conversation is going to be mm. worth it.
0: Mm-hmm. And you can just do that by sending an email and saying hi and sort of, say, uh, like, what What would you suggest
2: doing? Yeah. Well, there are two types of, of outreaches. And email tends to be most common. But you can text, you can call, you can see people in person. But let's say email. One is where, hey, Liz, how are you doing? Um... I was reading what you said about uh, being a showrunner, and I'd love to have a chance to talk to you more about that. So that's sort of reaching out with a request to connect. But there's another category called the ping, which is when you reach out, but there's no need for them to respond. And you're kind of signaling this Mm -hmm. like, hey, Gretchen, I saw your post about uh, Children's Literature Club, and I just started reading The Hobbit with my kids, and it's just great. Hope you're doing well. So Mm. you could respond, but you kind of know you don't have to. And Mm. these are so valuable because everybody has an inbox filled with flagged emails that they've never gotten back to, and they don't (laughs) want to have...
1: We've all done it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. and, And nobody wants another chore that they're failing at. So the idea that, oh, somebody thought of me and I don't have to respond, that's really valuable. And the other thing is when you're trying to get to know more people and bring more people into your circle... Do you really want to have 35 coffee sessions on your calendar? No. No?
0: No. No.
2: No.
1: (laughs) No. Yeah. You know what I do as a ping, and I'm kind of surprised people don't do it more because it is so easy and and sort of fits this category. It's like if somebody loves like, oh, I know you're a huge fan of Succession, now it's back on, or I saw your byline, or I saw your hometown, or anything like that that's sort of like in the news, or like, I saw your book come out, or, you know, I'm sure different people's social networks have different opportunities for this, but responding to, oh, I saw this and thought of you, it's I just... very
2: powerful. I try
1: to do that whenever I can possibly notice that, because I feel like... It feels natural and and warm. And like you say, there's not like, now we have to follow up.
2: Mm -hmm. The interesting thing, so some people do that very naturally. And you can actually get in a habit of it. You can Mm. give yourself permission Mm. to just comment on things to people Mm -hmm. and share memories. And that's part of being human, right? Mm. It's reminding them of things that you share or things they've told you. Some people find it a little hard because they think, well, they're going to think I have an ulterior motive.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm like,
2: well, you might in the sense that in the long run, you want to maintain this relationship, but you're not actually having an ulterior motive that minute. Mm. Um, and if you're in a situation where you're trying to, you really want to ask them for something, but you feel like you can't yet, so you're going to try to create this little breadcrumb trail, I would say just ask them directly. Let's you know, cut out the discomfort. Oh. Um, just be honest about what you want. And then they can honestly respond. Right. Um, but there is always a zone for just being more human and connecting and showing an interest and sharing stuff that that you care about too.
1: Well, one of the things that I love about your book is that it's so practical. It feels so attainable. You talk about this twenty mm. minutes and the, and you, you have lots of ideas for how people could just go about broadening and deepening their relationships. So, just for people who want to have like I love the idea about make a list of 12 people you want to get to know better over the course of the year and set up one lunch per month. That sounds like fun and something that even a very busy person could do. What are some other ideas that you find people really f- follow through with?
2: Uh-huh. Well, you could spend 20 minutes and just come up with a good standard ping that you could then later send out to other people. Mhm. Uh, you could go on LinkedIn and oh. just spend 20 minutes cruising around, ah. simply finding out what people are up to because people change jobs all the time. And as you learn about that, it might give you material to reach yes. out to them. So, uh, that counts. If you, that,
1: like, it totally
2: counts. Okay. It can, you know what counts okay. even more? If you comment on people's posts, mm. like write a couple ah, words, something yes. more than awesome or <laughs> beautiful, yeah. like... Wow, this yeah. really made me think I'm going to share with people or repost. That That also counts. Um, you can take a walk with somebody and just chat. Uh, one of my... I, at the end of the book, I have like 100 additional 20-minute activities. And I think my favorite is the next time you go to a party, pretend that you're a secret agent and your only mission is to help the hostess make the party successful.
0: Oh, no, I you. love that! <laughs> oh, Gretchen, we're gonna have to add that. We're 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 working on a um, entertaining hacks yeah. episode, uh, hacks for entertaining, and we've got to add that one. Yeah,
2: yeah, because it it changes the whole outlook. Like, because instead of thinking, well, do I really want to come to this party and do I know people, yeah. it's yeah. like, hey, you look like you'd like another Diet Coke. Um, yeah. Have you seen the shrimp tray over here?
1: But, you yeah. know, there's a lot of research, and I'm sure this is what you're tapping into, there's a lot of research showing that, like, by adopting another, uh, an alternative identity, it actually unlocks people's ability to act kind of outside themselves. Um That's, So, like, assuming an identity can, like, what would, Bar- like, if I, I'm Barbara Walters, what would Barbara Walters do? I'm just going to act that way. It can, so, we always say be yourself, but sometimes it's useful not to be yourself. So, adopting this this, this uh, super agent for hospitality is a great, is a great identity.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't realize there was research behind that, yeah. but I used to often tell people it is easier to pretend to be another person than to change your own personality yes. by 15%.
0: Yes, that is exactly. <laughs> so, Michael, what do people do wrong that you see that we can look out for in ourselves?
2: Hmm. You know, an interesting thing that people do wrong is that they are not – specific enough about what they want from somebody. So, let's say Mm -hmm. that you are doing some informational interviewing as part of career development, and you manage to get a meeting with someone who is significant. And then you start off by saying, because you don't want to be offensive, you'll say, I just love to learn more about your path and the choices you've made and anything you can share. And it seems like you're being nice But you're kind of wasting their time because everybody, including, like, captains of industry, they want to be successful in the conversation. And so if somebody asks you that, you're like, well, what do I really talk about? But if they were to say, hey, Liz, I want to know, like, what are two or three really, really hard parts about being a television writer? Just to know ahead Mm -hmm. of time what might come at me, right? Mm -hmm. Or Gretchen, how do you keep writing... When you're just exhausted and tired, or or what's what's the uh, the the single biggest new discovery you had while while being a writer? Things like that, something very specific. Like for example, in the coaching world, people will sometimes come to me and ask career related questions. I'm reasonably known, and if they say I'm just interested in what the, you think of the different coaching programs. I think, well, you can Google that or you can talk Mm -hmm. to other people. But if they say, Mm. I'm really trying to figure out how to monetize this and could you share me what you've learned about revenue models? I mean, in a way that that's higher end information and I may or may not want to share it, but I kind of enjoy that question because I know that other people can't really answer it and I can provide a good answer pretty compactly. So take a risk of being much more specific Mm -hmm. about what you want to talk about as opposed to thinking you should be very general.
1: Interesting. Okay, that's great advice. So, switching gears a little bit. Um, so, I have my new neglected sense quiz, and Michael, you're one of the first people that that I've that we've talked to. Who <laughs> of course, taken I was it.
2: pushing away people in that line. Yeah, to
1: get ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, you took the quiz, and I'm so curious. What is your neglected
0: sense?
2: My neglected sense is hearing,
0: Interesting. which surprised me. Interesting. Ah, oh, because does it make you want? Oh, yeah, let's hear why.
2: Well. I mean i like the voice i think a lot about it um i sort of like singing that kind of stuff i don't like loud noises Mm -hmm. but yeah all this stuff like i don't like live music i never know what to listen to on spotify so i listen to the same five things Mm -hmm. right it is really underdeveloped like i you know i i suppose i would enjoy listening to birds chirping but i don't go out seeking it so um, it really gave me something to think about. Oh. I, I love the quiz. Oh, I love the quiz.
1: That's so great. And if you if you want to take the quiz, go to GretchenRubin.com slash quiz. Yeah, I think hearing is my second to bottom neglected. Taste is, for Elizabeth and me, and me both, is our most neglected, but I think for me, hearing was my second to, second most. And then, Michael, finally, we ask everybody, what is your Try This at Home suggestion for listeners?
2: My Try This at Home is to write a note or an email to somebody from your past who you haven't been in contact with and to thank them Mm. for something wise that they told you. It might be a boss. It might be a coach. It might be mom. Just say, I may not have said this at the time, but you said X to me. And now I really see the value of it.
1: Oh, that's so great. Cause it's like gratitude, reaching out. It's a way to reflect on your past. That's such a great idea. Lovely. Michael, thank you so much. We both love your invisible network, and it's always so fun to talk to you. Thanks for coming on.
2: I mean, when I'm with you, I feel like I'm talking to the Bronte sisters, so. <laughs> <laughs> thank you both.
0: Thanks, Michael. Bye. Bye. Coming up, I have a demerit that needs only three words, but first, This break. We all know that our life and our health can be improved when we eat nourishing, healthy meals, but it can be hard to maintain. With Sunbasket meal kits, it's easy because they take care of the details. Sunbasket offers 18 chef crafted, dietitian approved recipes each week. With options like Mediterranean, carb-conscious, vegetarian, and keto-friendly, the recipes are quick and easy to follow, and you can enjoy a meal full of organic produce and clean ingredients that is ready in 30 minutes or less. Gretchen, we made the uh, Marrakesh merguez patties, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that, but I loved eating it, with warm carrot salad. And it was so good. And it got Jack eating something that he doesn't usually eat. Go to
1: sunbasket.com forward slash happier today to get $45 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com forward slash happier to get $45 off your first box plus free shipping.
0: My closet was chaotic, crammed with a bunch of clothes, but nothing to wear. The Game Changer, upgrading to high-quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Gretchen, I got from Quince these super soft fleece wide-leg pants in black, and I actually look put together when I go to pick up Jack from school.
1: They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury go to quince dot com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and three hundred and sixty five day returns that's q u i n c e dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and three hundred and sixty five day returns quince dot com slash Gretchen Okay, it is time for Demerits and Gold Stars, and this is an even-numbered episode, which means that, Elizabeth, it is your turn to talk about a demerit.
0: Well, Gretch, I promised my demerit was going to be three words, Ooh, so yes. here they are. Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> Do I need to say anything more than that? We've all done it. <laughs> yeah. It, Sent me down a path, Gretsch, a path that I am hopefully now <laughs> off of.
1: There you go. <laughs>
0: okay, we'll leave mine there. What is your gold star? Okay, well,
1: I'm giving myself a gold star. Um, okay, set the scene. I splurged on a pair of nice earrings. I was very excited about these earrings, but then I got them home and put them in, and I realized that they made my earlobes hurt. And I was Mm. kicking myself because I was like, why didn't I notice this in the store? I was just resigning myself to the fact that there was, these were going to hurt. And I would always be putting them in on the last possible minute and taking them out the last possible, as soon as I possibly could. Then, okay, this is gold star number one. I realized, hey... I could look online and see if there's a solution to this problem, which I often forget to do. I often forget, like maybe there's a fix to this. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go online and see what do you do. Because and as I was doing it, I was coming up with all of these hypotheses. Like maybe my the holes in my ears are small and these are too thick because the posts were kind of unusually thick on this, and so it's stretching and that's why it hurts. So maybe I should like take this to a jeweler and they'll like file the posts down and make them narrower and everything. Mm. But I found out, well, put a little Vaseline on the post because probably what it is is that it's kind of irritating your earlobes as you're putting them in. If you put the Vaseline on, they will slide in more easily and then your problem is solved. And in fact, that is all it took. I had all these things. They're too heavy. They're too thick. They're too this. No, it was just, it was easily fixed by the Vaseline. So now I can, I was just dancing around because I'm like, I thought I had like... (laughs) splurged on these earrings that I would end up never wearing. If you come to a book event, you will probably see me wearing these earrings. Well, that's a great hack. The Vaseline on the post. I'd never heard that before. Absolutely. It was just remarkable. So one, it's a hack. And two, it's just a reminder. Look online because often there is a solution if you you remember to look for it. Why it's hard to do that, I don't know. But I was so excited. Gretch,
0: gold star. I love that you (laughs) did that.
1: Uh, the resource for this week, I want to remind everybody about my five things newsletter. I send out a free weekly newsletter where I talk about five things making me happy. It is so much fun to write this newsletter. I love doing it. And you can sign up at GretchenRubin.com slash newsletter. Also, if you are a fan of Lori Gottlieb, uh, I'm going to be doing an Instagram Live with Lori Gottlieb on April 6th to talk about the connection between our senses and our romantic relationships. Plus, we're going to be giving away copies of our books. You can join the conversation on April 6th at 7 p.m. Eastern by searching Gretchen Rubin on Instagram. And now, Elizabeth, what are we reading
0: I am reading Finding the Words
1: by Colin Campbell. And I'm reading The Maids by Junichiro Tanizaki. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Taste it by 25. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you.
0: Thank you to Michael Melcher. You can read his book, Your Invisible Network. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram and TikTok at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm on Instagram at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend. That's how we get most of our new listeners. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth
1: Craft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. Elizabeth, I'm so excited to see you wearing your Onward and Upward sweatshirt. How fun! Yes, one of my favorite hoodies, Scratch. And you do love a hoodie. I do. From the Onward Project. We talk so much about how our dogs make us happier. Barnaby, Nacho, Daisy. We want to share a message from our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, about useful information for people who love their pets spot pet insurance can be your partner in navigating the unexpected with spot plans you can receive up to 90 cash back on eligible vet bills transforming unforeseen expenses into manageable moments of care for your cat or dog spot pet insurance plans extend beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses you can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit helping ensure that routine wellness vaccines and more can be covered head over to spotpet.com today and receive an instant quote
0: visit www dot spotpet dot com and sign up today paid ad from spot pet insurance waiting periods annual deductible coinsurance benefit limits and exclusions may apply for all terms visit spotpetins.com dot com slash sample dash policy insurance plans are underwritten by either independence american insurance company or united states fire insurance company and produced by spot pet insurance services llc